What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Make sure you hit the like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or drops. Share this out. Appreciate y'all coming back. Also, five stars on Apple Podcasts. So, heading into the bye week, the New York Giants are victorious. They have won two straight for the first time since last year. And the Giants are feeling good about themselves. Now, again, I know I've said this previously for the last few weeks that I've wanted them to lose. But it just feels that there's a good energy. And I get it. You know, we're 4-8, and eight, so there's not really a ton of things to feel good about. But... You know, beating a Patriots team like you should have, beating a Washington team, Washington team like you should have. You know, even though this season uh, has gone awry and the New York Giants are likely not making the playoffs, you know, you have some things to feel good about when the team gets healthy. When you get more pieces next year, even though the season, you know, to be completely honest, was a failure. Um, you know, when the standards kind of lower and everything else, and nobody's watching you, you do kind of recognize the positives and the negatives and you're kind of just impressed by certain things that happened with this team. Um, the emergence of Tommy DeVito, uh, Jalen Hyatt having a huge impact on the game. Uh, it really in chunk plays too. I think that was obviously a big part, um, in helping the offense. Um, the defense did outstanding again and all those rumors and we'll talk about it. I'm going to address my thoughts on it and you know what I thought of the situation and stuff like that. But, the Giants will be facing Green Bay coming out of the bye week, uh, which is a game we'll be live streaming on the Big Blue and Brock YouTube channel most likely. I'm aiming to do a live stream on Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. going to have a good friend of mine on, uh, hope, hoping for it to be Ron Effect. Um, we're going to talk about the Giants, you know, bye week stuff, recap the first half of the season, some things you like to see down the stretch and whatnot. Um and all that sort of good stuff. But make sure to stay here, folks. Like, comment, subscribe, share, and all the good stuff. Um, I don't know how many more Giant games I'm going to attend with the Press Pass this year. But um, I want to obviously do it for you guys and get all the content out to you guys. I obviously asked Dable a question about the development of Jalen Hyatt and how sensitive it is. I also asked Tommy DeVito about his pocket presence. Two very, I will say, intelligent questions. If you guys haven't already and you would like to see that footage, YouTube, it's posted. Twitter, it's posted. Um, but let's get right into this. So we'll start with the stats as we usually do. Mac Jones got benched after a horrendous first half. 12-21, two picks, a sack taken, 89 yards. And Bailey Zappi filled in for him 9-14, of 14, 54 yards, a interception, and a sack taken. New York passing game. Tommy DeVito was sacked six times, but 17 to 25, 191 yards, 7.6 yards per attempt, one touchdown. Then you go to the rushing game. I will say, you know, when many positives a week account for this New York Giants team, there was a negative. Dexter Lawrence's presence, or I should say absence, was, was very much felt. And they had a good rushing game going. Not that it accounted too much of anything, to be honest with you. But uh, Ramondre Stevenson, 21 carries, 98 yards, 4.7 yards per carry, and a touchdown. And Ezekiel Elliott, 9 carries, 46 yards, 5.1 yards per pop. No touchdowns for him. The Giants rushing game didn't do that well. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 12 carries, 46 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. He had a long run of 19, so you take 19 away from 46. That's 11 carries, 27 yards. 
Um, so not much of a ground game there. And this is a New England team that was very good versus the run coming in, and they still are a very good run defense. Uh, Matt Breida, two carries, six yards, five carries, six yards for Tommy DeVito. The receiving game for New England, DeMario Douglas probably got knocked out of the game due to a brutal hit put on put on him by Cam Brown, which that was a stupid mistake to celebrate and not pick up the football because you got could have got the football back. But uh, that's another story. Uh, Demary Douglas, six receptions, 49 yards. Devontae Parker, three catches, 42 yards. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Tyquan Thornton had two catches each. And also, Ramondre Stevenson had five catches as well, but only for nine yards. Uh, New York receiving game. Jalen Hyatt had five catches, 109 yards. I believe this is his first 100-plus uh, yard game in the NFL. So, congratulations on Jalen Hyatt. 21.8 yards per reception at a 41-yard play downfield, which was his biggest. Wandale Robinson, four catches, 26 yards. Darius Slayton, two catches, 16 yards. Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Bellinger, Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell, Saquon Barkley, and uh, Matt Breida. They all had catches, specifically one each. The fumbles, well, it was pretty sticky. In the first part of the game, you know, everyone was dropping passes. Sterling Shepard dropped a pass. There was a couple other guys that had passes go through their hands. Um, but the fumbles came in, too. And for the Giants, it definitely came in. You know, for the Patriots, it definitely came in. Um, New England fumble, as far as that goes, uh, two by Demario Douglas, one recovered by himself, another one recovered um, by Jabril Peppers. Mac Jones fumbled once, it was recovered by Cole Strange. And then Tommy DeVito lost uh, one fumble, it was recovered, uh, one of them was recovered. I actually didn't get to see that fumble, so it may have been recovered by Drew Peppers. At least I'm trying to think because I remember the last five minutes of the game, I was not, you know. Uh, actually, no, I'm an idiot because that happened in the first part of the game. I'm like, yep, that's where the Giants blew it. So DeVito actually fumbled. It was picked up by Jabril Peppers, of course. Just trying to rejog my memory there. Um, but McLeod, he also fumbled but recovered it. But it wasn't really a fumble. It was more like the punt hit him and then he had to recover it. Let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball. J.C. Jackson was the lead tackler with six for the New England Patriots, and he also had pass deflection. As far as sacks go, obviously it was a you know hell of a game for the Patriots sack-wise because Tommy DeVito was the quarterback. One sack, his first career for Keon White, a quarterback hit and a tackle for a loss. Two TFLs for Miles Bryant and a pass deflection. Offering Jennings four tackles, one and a half sacks, a tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. Jabril Peppers had a sack, a tackle for loss, a quarterback hit, and three tackles. Same thing could be applied for Christian Barmore. Jailani Tavai had a tackle for a loss. Juwan Bentley had a sack and a QB hit. And half a sack for Mr. Dietrich Wise and a QB hit uh, as well. So they totaled six sacks, seven tackles for a loss, and seven quarterback hits. The Giants... They didn't get to the quarterback as much as I would think, but the pressure was there. And I know we're silver lining these certain things, but the pressure was there. You know, Mac Jones throwing off his back foot and making stupid errant throws. Xavier McKinney, he played well. Ten tackles on the day, two pass deflections. Uh, Dory and Bobby Okereke had eight tackles each, so they were you know, tied for second in the tackle spot. Um, Okereke had two Pass deflections, one for Adoree Jackson. Michael McFadden had a tackle for a loss. Jason Pinnock had a tackle for a loss. Two tackles for a loss for Kayvon Thibodeau. Half a sack, so he moves up to 11 on the list for the year. Jihad Ward had one and a half sacks. Then a tackle for a loss. 
and two quarterback hits. Uh, Aziz Ojolari also had a QB hit, and Benton Whitley, who was signed off the Vikings practice squad, and when he made the play, I'm like, who the frick is number 48? And I looked it up, it was Benton Whitley. I'm like, I thought this guy signed to the practice squad, not the active roster, but um, he was in, and they decided to play him. I don't know what drew the attention to Benton Whitley personally, but Boogie Basham was actually inactive um, because this guy was active. So, I mean, just some facts about him. He came out of Holy Cross last year, played with the Rams, uh, you know, in the offseason, was with the Chiefs and the Vikings a little bit. So just a little fun fact about uh, Mr. Benton Whitley. But the Giants had a total of two sacks, three quarterback hits, five tackles for loss, and seven passes defended. Go to the team stats where it's going to look a little ugly. The Patriots had 18 first downs. The Giants had 10. The Giants had seven passing first downs, eight for the Patriots, 10 rushing first downs for New England, three for the Giants. No first downs from penalties. It was a pretty clean game, to be honest. Uh, third down efficiency, Pats 4 for 14, Giants 4 for 13. The Pats were 2 for 2 on fourth down. Total plays, 68 for the Pats, 50 for the New York Giants. Total yards, Giants at 220, 283 for the Pats. 4.4 yards per play for the Giants, 4.2 for the Pats. You move to the red zone, both teams were 1 for 2. Uh, Penalty-wise, Giants 4 penalties for 37 yards. Uh, Patriots 2 penalties for 13 yards. Three turnovers for the Pats, three interceptions, and then one fumble lost by Tommy DeVito, picked up by former New York Giant Jabril Peppers. 34-06 for the Pats in the time of possession game, and 25-54 for the New York football Giants. So let's talk about this offense. And, you know, we know Tommy DeVito still isn't perfect, right? I obviously pressed them about, uh, you know, the pocket presence and all that stuff because, truthfully, that does need to get better, and I get it, you know. Our interior line play hasn't been great, and, you know, Phillips has been decent at right tackle. He kind of pushed DeVito into a sack. That's happened a lot, I feel like, but um, Justin Pugh has been eh in pass protection. Uh, Bredesen's been all right. JMS probably had his best, you know, game in pass pro, for lack of better words. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of short points about this offense because, again, they scored... 10 points, aside from a Randy Bullock field goal. Um, But the turnover, you know, I didn't really stress out. Even if I was rooting for a win, you know, just covering the game objectively, I was like, this turnover is not going to do anything um, with Tommy DeVito fumbling the ball because A, they're in Pat's territory, and B, the Pats can't do jack shit on offense. They didn't score until the third quarter, and that was it. That was it from them. They didn't score. They didn't do nothing. However, um, you know, Tommy DeVito, he took a lot of risks. I will say that he took a lot of risks. I like seeing that, um, the throw downfield, the Hyatt, multiple throws, throws downfield to Jalen Hyatt, you know, and reading the coverages and reading the defense really well. Um, we thought that Darius Slate was going to be a little bit more, you know, part of this game if he was active. Um, I thought he was going to be inactive, but they said, yeah, he's going to play. So, you know, limited participation from him in terms of target share uh, you know, obviously, once again, mostly Jalen Hyatt, mostly Wandale Robinson. Wandale Robinson has, you know, developed really well. Uh, even since he came back, he's been a guy, you know, a tweener that gets, like, the the good yards and he'll break some tackles. And, you know, he's a, he's a nice guy to have on the team as a second, third, you know, even fourth receiver if you need. But, I mean, the, the theme of the day with, um, you know, the offense – besides Tommy DeVito, of course, was Jalen Hyatt. And I said it so many weeks back. I said, look, this guy is going to not be consistent. 
as a receiver because of the way the Giants quarterback play has gone. You know, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor and now Tommy DeVito. He's not going to get 100 yards a game. He's not going to get 50, 60, 70 yards a game. He's going to have his games where he's silent and he's going to have his games where he absolutely pops off. This was his best game by far. Five catches, 109 yards. At least let me get that tally right. Yep, five catches, 109 yards. Uh, and this guy moves the chains consistently. I can't say consistently because, again, the ball has to be thrown to him and the Giants have a, done a good job of that. But when the ball is in his hands, he moves the chains consistently. And there was a crosser route where he absolutely juked the guy out, which was pretty fun to see. You know, he still got that shimmy. But when a quarterback actually comes in here next year and has time from the offensive line, of the, he makes time. He's going to throw it deep, and Hyatt's going to be there, and he's going to be like, you know, I missed this last year. And, you know, um, I, I just I, – I, that's one of the things I'm going to look forward to down the stretch, and we'll talk about it on a much bigger standpoint at the end and, of course, on Saturday. But, um, you know, Jalen Hyatt with the chunk yardage plays, I, again, I said it. There's going to be games where he's silent because of the QB play. There's going to be big games like against Washington – like against the Cardinals, where he shows up and you could just feel the impact, you know, the quarterback's taking the risk. So uh, I would just look out for that. Obviously, it's not going to be too consistent. Hopefully it is, though. I, I swear to God, I want to be proven wrong on that. Um, again, Wandale Robinson with some attention. The Giants couldn't get the running game going. The Pats were ninth against the run this season coming into the game, so they probably are at nine or even eight. Um, you know, obviously walking out of this game, and Saquon Barkley technically had 11 carries for 27 yards. I'm not going to take away, you know, the 19-yard gain. But at the end of the day, um, the Giants could not get anything going. Um, and they were 14th coming into the game in rushing. So that's going to take a bit of a hit. But Andrew Thomas on a sprained ACL. I know PFF liked what he did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But... Um, you know, he played really well. He, there was some times, though, where he was giving up, you know, uh, a little bit of a pressure or something along those lines or a sack. Um, but I, you could tell he's not 100%. And hopefully that sprained MCL kind of gets better during the bye week. They'll still trot him out against the Packers unless it gets progressively worse. And I give credits to, you know, all in the world. To Mr. Andrew Thomas because, I mean, he didn't have to come back and play. He was dealing with that hamstring injury that was, you know, he was out for weeks. But, man, you know, he's he's fighting. He's fighting like a trooper. And um, it's going to be a revisionist history thing if he does go down. And pray to God that he doesn't. But if he does go down with the spring MCL or, you know, it gets worse, everybody's going to be like, why the fuck was he playing in the first place? And then also as well, JMS had a good game in pass pro, which I kind of, you know, I saw a little bit because of the weakness in the interior of the New England Patriots when it came to um, the pass pro and the pass rush, not the running game. So I want to go to our sponsor real quick before we get to talk about the defense and some of the bigger topics. That's SeatGeek, folks. If you guys are going to a ball game, you guys are going to a concert, or you're going to a tailgate and needed parking passes, SeatGeek is your one-stop shop, $20 off your entire order with the promo code. Big Blue in the Bronx. So, let's talk about this elephant in the room regarding the defense. And I'll tell you the chronological order. So, walking in the stadium, got my credentials, sat down, had some breakfast. Right, had my waffle in my one hand and, you know, the bacon and my yogurt. 
know, was, was up there, right? Just wanted to give some extra detail, just to fluff it up the story. And I go on my Twitter, and Dove Kleiman, of course, is Dove Kleiman, you know, the guy who's, you know, there's a lot of stories about him, but nonetheless, that's not, you know, the topic right now. And I see the headline, you know, Wink Martindale and Brian Dable are at odds with each other, they're at each other's throats, and per Jake Laser, that could lead to a departure of Wink Martindale, parting of ways, mutually at the end of the season. And here's what I had to say about that. And, and the opinion so much stays the same after this game. Me of Wink. You don't see players coming out here saying, oh yeah, I, I, will, I love playing for T-Mac. I love playing for Bobby Johnson. You You don't see that. Hell, you don't even see that for Mike Kafka. Yeah, you know, Kafka, uh, you know, he's a great coach. I, I love being with him. I mean, maybe it's a bias thing for me, just because I like I like Wink more than the other guys. But, like, I mean, Kayvon, Dex, Jihad Ward, Adoree Jackson, all those guys came out post-game and said they love Wink and that, they are playing for him. The offense sucks. Let's put it to you that way. The offense is the reason that this team sucks. Let, let's let's put that in perspective. I mean, you could argue, yeah, against the Cardinals, the defense sucked the first half. The second half, they didn't allow a single point. It was 28-7 at the half. Or it was 20-7. It was one of those, okay? Just to put it in perspective. You go to the Washington game, right? The defense kept you in that game. The second Washington game, the defense kept you in it. The Jets game, you should have won that game. Defense kept you in it. The game against the Bills, defense kept you in it. One of the most explosive passing offenses in the league in the Buffalo Bills, even before they fired Ken Dorsey. And they still are one of the most prolific offenses in the league. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. Gabriel Davis, but the Giants kept them to 14 friggin' points. But we're going to sit here and say, no, Wink is the problem. And I personally buy the story. I do, because Tony Pauline said something about it, then it was Dan Duggan, and now it's Jay Glazer, who has a pretty good eye and pretty good sources around the NFL. So you mean to tell me that, and I don't even understand what the argument could be about. And I know Dable tried, like, calming it down, fluffing it up, saying, hey, you know, it's it's always over the last slice of pizza or whatnot, and we had donuts. It's like, does he not value Wink's style of defense? And I'll get to something which I think more contributes to the issue. But does Brian Dable want a traditional defense? Does he want a 4-3 defense? Does he want a defense that takes less risks? That doesn't blitz as much. Because that's a Leslie Frazier type defense. Maybe that's a Jerome Henderson defense. We don't know. But to sit here and, you know, non-verbally point the finger and say, you know, Wink is Wink is the guy. No. In no way possible is it. They played like shit against the Raiders. They played like shit against the Cowboys. They played like shit in a lot of other games. But nobody is going to sit here and come out of the season... And say the defense was the main issue. 
the offense was good. No, nobody's going to say that. I'm going to say the offense was bad, the injuries were terrible, and the defense tried its best, and they couldn't hang on for a second longer. Like, personally me, not that I want this to happen, but Wink should be getting looks for head coach because of what he's done with his defense, right? Bobby O. I was honestly a little weary about the Bobby O signing because I'm like, this guy had one good year in Indy on a contract year. Let's see what he could do. He's turned out into a complete stud. Micah McFadden. I mean, the Giants couldn't, you know, do anything with linebackers for years and years and years and years. They bring that guy in. They draft him in the fifth round. You can give credit to John Gurugu, probably butchering his name, inside linebacker coach, but you got to give credit to Wink too, using him, right? Isaiah Simmons, has he been this, like, great stud linebacker? No, but on third down, you feel the pressure that he's bringing. You feel like, you know, he's making a tackle to stop the runner from getting a first down, making it fourth down. You feel that impact. Dex has had career years under Wink Martindale. You could, again, attribute that to individual positional coaches, Andre Patterson. But the development on the offensive side of the ball compares to nothing when it comes to, you know, going up against side-by-side defensive side development. Because you could talk about Jalen Hyatt. You could talk about Wandale Robinson. But it's not like there's a consistency there. And I'm not saying the defense is 100% consistent. But Kayvon Thibodeau, I mean, you know, getting like three sack games and two sack games and totally turning it on. Now, I get it. I still have a little bit of uh, a feeling of, you know, left to be desired against the Eagles a little bit, against the Cowboys on a consistent level. And, yeah, that is part of the fact that, you know, there's no Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojolari as a ghost but at the same time, he should be showing up in games against the Jets. He should be showing up in games against the Patriots. He should be showing up in games against Washington because those are the bad teams. Those are the teams with bad offensive lines that you should be absolutely rampaging. Hell, everyone was talking about how Makai Becton was at least solid. They didn't say that after Kayvon Thibodeau got done with him. Deontay Banks, two interceptions. Bobby Okereke. Two interceptions has made multiple interceptions happen, basically, because the tip to Jason Pinnock and the tip to Micah McFadden in Buffalo. So what I say is this, and we're going to talk about the defense specifically this game after this. You can sit here and say Wink doesn't adjust this and the other thing. And there's a lot of people that like flipped out, um, you know, after the Cowboy game about him. Oh, we got to fire Wink and stuff like that. And my opinion didn't change of Wink because... We were missing our number one corner. There were guys that were just, you know, not executing. And, I mean, at that point, your offense was scoring, what, zero points. You know, every time they got in the red zone, they fucking blew up. And not in a good way. So, you know, I've had people ask me, hey, would you keep Wink or Dable? I mean, most scenarios, you're going to keep the head coach. And you are confident in the head coach. I'm going to go, you know, he's going to go find Leslie Frazier. He's going to go find Sean McDermott, even though that's very unlikely. Hell, you know what? I would sit here and say, look, if you were to fire Wink Martindale after the season and say he's not coming back, I would personally look into Ezra Roavero. 
of the Carolina Panthers. Young defensive coordinator, all these different things. But at the end of the day, Wink should not have to worry about his job security. He shouldn't. Mike Kafka, if you want to argue that, Bobby Johnson and T-Mac should. The offense has been not good for two years. Like last year, it was solid. Like I was mid at best. And the defense was winning us most of those games. And sometimes stats don't really tell a story. Like you look at, you know, some of the stats, the Giants ranked 28th in this category, 27th in this category, 24th in this category. Sometimes that doesn't tell a story. Sometimes it's just an overblown game. How many times does the, you know, offense given up points to the defense to where the defense is charged in points per game and the Giants are suddenly 30th in that category? So you can't just sit here and say, you know, I don't even understand. I can't even begin to understand how Wink is going to be the scapegoat or should be the scapegoat. But let's talk about the defense, shall we? Let's actually get into the defense a little bit. Um, The Giants are top seven in interceptions. That's something they didn't accomplish last year. They're now top 10 in turnovers and top 15 in fumbles forced. So talk about an improvement, despite personnel, improvement from last year to where, you know, fumbles they did a little bit better on, but they couldn't get an interception for crap. Like, Julian Love had one. Who else had one? Maybe Darnay. I'm trying to think of the other guys who had picks. Like, there was only a handful of guys who had picks. Darius Williams. Um, Yeah, Love had, like, one or two. But that's a category where the Giants have stepped up. And, you know, there have been some garbage time INTs, but three interceptions against the pa- Patriots. You know, um, the interceptions against Washington. Forcing Sam Howell to be completely uncomfortable. Again, that's what this defense should be doing. So, credit, defense, Wink Martindale. Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, yeah, he only got half a sack this game. He's at 11 on the season. Almost at Leonard Williams' number. But he was also very impactful versus the running game, right? He was setting the edge when they were trying to run outside the tackles. Up the middle wasn't good. You know, Raheem Nunez-Roches and some of these other guys were getting bulldozed a little bit. Uh, Asia and Robinson too so you know you're not really putting Thibodeau on the inside but when it was you know cut to the outside Thibodeau was there Okereke was there all these different guys were there and Okereke and Micah they're still tackling beasts and he's a dog man like Okereke is a dog you could talk about you know him being a stud all season and I give him absolute creds in the world I give him more creds that he's playing with a fractured rib. Like, it's one thing if you're playing with a sprained ankle, sprained MCL. If you got a broken rib and you're playing at the level you are, you deserve a lot of credit. And also playing at that level when Dexter Lawrence is out, there's no Leonard Williams, you don't really have any superior run defenders. The Giants are still not great defending the run. And honestly, if the Giants had a winning record, Okereke would be a Pro Bowler. Like, there would be no question. All the, the Pro Bowl lads and... All these different things would have Okereke on the cover. But obviously the Giants are setting it 4-8. and eight, And the recognition's not there. Dex, the same thing. You could probably put him into a category of defensive player of the year or just a legitimate pro bowler. And, you know, obviously he's not getting the recognition because we're 4-8. and eight. Deontay Banks, probably not entering that rookie of the year conversation on the defensive side because we're 4-8. and eight. So there's a lot of variables that go into it. And that's just how the NFL you know, markets, and that's how a lot of people see the New York Giants and all that sort of stuff, but um, Thibodeau earns 11th sack, hopefully we get Dex after the bye, because 
Um, you know, against the Packers, they're not a great offensive line, but he does have a history. Dex, you know, destroying Packer offensive linemen, got a sack on Aaron Rodgers last year. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch him come back and then Okereke and McFadden playing. Hopefully McFadden is okay. Got his arm taped up against the Pats at some point during the game. Um, but again, hope he's okay. I thought Adoree Jackson also had a very good game. I thought he had a very good game. A couple nice pass deflections in the beginning. Do I think he's a giant beyond this year? No, but he had a very good game. You know, a couple of passes were thrown behind the receivers, but Adoree Jackson made his plays. Um, a guy who struggled a lot this season. Again, I would sit here and say he's made, you know, a couple of nice plays, and especially in this game. And we'll talk about, um, you know, we'll talk about the turnovers, right? Deontay Banks. I mean, if you look up the stats here, I think PFF recorded it or was either some other guy. So he had a 54.5% completion percentage, has had that the entire season, 6.7 yards per target and 78 passer rating allowed, which isn't bad. It's actually pretty good. But in the Patriots game, seven targets, three receptions, 29 yards, a passer rating of 15.5 and an interception. I mean, this kid is just making it happen. And again, you know, against the Packers, you're really not going to face up against wide receiver one. Against the Eagles, twice you are. Against the Saints, you are. Against the Rams, you probably are. So it's going to be interesting to see how his development occurs if the Giants give him safety help, if they don't give him safety help, if they let him go on an island. But it's nice to see Banks have a really good game. And again, for most of these players, if not all of them, you should be having a good game against a piss-poor fucking New England Patriots offense. Uh, Okereke, second interception on the season, almost took it back for a touchdown, but was tied up with Mac Jones and one of the offensive linemen. Uh, if he took the right side instead of the left side, he probably would have had a pick six, but you know, creds to Bobby Okereke, again, playing with a fractured rib. And Xavier McKinney, he did have a nice game. Uh, I have to give him a lot of credit there. Um, I haven't been particularly happy with him in his comments, which to add on to the Wink Martindale Dable subject, I know I talked about it earlier and really wanted to get off of it, but I think the real reason that Wink and Brian Dable haven't been getting on as of late is we had the Xavier McKinney situation where he called Wink Martindale out on a coverage, says that the leader's not being heard. Wink was upset by that. He expressed his displeasure to X in the media. But he also kind of went into what happened. He, you know, said, hey, I, I pointed this out to X. What coverage were you, you know, not happy about? And he took a, a while to think about it. And then he said, nope, it's just this one coverage right here. So it was overblown by X. But the whole disagreement there and the whole tension thing, I think that's where it was building up is, you know, Wink probably was debating, I'm going to bench Xavier McKinney for this week. And I'm going to out him to the media, which outing him to the media wasn't the smartest thing in the world, but X has been talking all season. And Davis was like, you know, we can't have any of this. And uh, I, I'm behind X all the way, which, you know, you could probably say maybe that's a Bama connection type thing. But also at the end of the day, X has been talking all season. And if we're going to sit here and throw blame and all these different things, I think he's also talking because he doesn't have a contract extension. So maybe blame the GM for that one. Do what you can. But overall, Xavier McKinney, he had a good game. Interception, which is his first interception in like two years. 
That's crazy to think about. The last interception he had was against the Eagles in Joe Judge's last victory in November of 2021. I don't think he got an interception last year. But uh, that's Xavier McKinney and also all the turnovers. So we'll go with the snap counts and then we'll get you guys out of here uh, for post by thoughts. Or actually, yeah, in, in, in the middle of the week, by thoughts, if you think about it, because we're on the bye week now. It's Tuesday. So Ben Bredesen, Tyree Phillips, Tommy DeVito, Andrew Thomas, Justin Pugh, and John Michael Schmitz play 100% of the snaps. 90% for Daniel Bellinger, 81% for Saquon, and 77% for Wandale Robinson, 60% for Jalen Hyatt, 54% for Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins at 35%, Sterling Shepard at 31%, 25% for Lawrence Cager, 19% for Matt Breida, 13% for Mark Lewinsky, 12% for Paris Campbell, and 4% for the newly returned Eric Gray. 100% of the snaps for Jason Pinnock, Xavier McKinney, Deontay Banks, Kayvon Thibodeau, which is really interesting, and Bobby Okereke, too. Again, fractured rib, and you got to give him all the credit in the world. Uh, Dory Jackson, 97%. 75% for Ricky Munoz-Urches. 66% for Ashawn Robinson and Micah McFadden. 59% for Jihad Ward and Cordell Flott. 56% for Aziz Ojolari. 50% for DJ Davidson. 34% for Isaiah Simmons. 21% for Jordan Riley. 10% Dane Belton. 4% for... Uh, the hell is this guy's name i always forget it benton whitley and then finally um nick mcleod with three percent of the snaps nothing for darnay holmes bobby mccain all those other guys so into bye week thoughts i'll, I'll only say a little bit because i want to save a lot for saturday you need to keep the locker room together and that's something that brian dable has done on a very good level um you know except except for the xavier mckinney bullshit He's done it well. You know, they're, he, they're holding this team together. They strung out two wins that they should have won. You know, I know, again, for the 90th time, I've been rooting for losses. But realistically, objectively, you should win those games against Washington. You should win the game against New England, that piss-poor offense. Um, but I think the next few games, they might treat it as, okay, we're going to go on a run. But... Also, realistically, you got to see what you have, right? You know, some of these veteran guys shouldn't be getting snaps. You got to look into the youth. Um, you know, Jalen Hyde a little bit more. Darius Slayton, if you want to. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll be here next year. Wandale Robinson, you have to take a bigger look at. Uh, nothing really for the offensive line. Evan Neal is going to be big. Um, hopefully, he returns against Green Bay and hopefully improves because, you know, it's the second time he's been out with injury for a little while. Uh, defensively. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of Dane Belton. You know, I know that the Giants don't completely trust him because of his ability to miss tackles and angle taking, which was something, you know, problem of his in college. And then, you know, after that, I would say Jordan Riley. Got to see what you have in Jordan Riley. And, you know, Dex being out is the perfect time. Raheem nunez Ochez, Ashawn Robinson... Those guys are not going to be here next year. Maybe Ashawn Robinson. I don't think Nunez Orchez will be. But, you know, Jordan Riley's going to be here for a few years, maybe as a backup, but you want to see what you have. Um, and you want to see how they play against better competition. Like, you'll face the Saints, you'll face the Rams, you'll face the Packers, but you'll face the Eagles twice in the December stretch. So you'll get to see how these guys play against the divisional rivals. But that's all I got, folks. Like, comment, subscribe, do all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops or drops. Appreciate you coming back. Go Giants, as usual. We'll have a live stream on Saturday. Um, if we don't, I'll 
contact you guys via Twitter or the community posts on YouTube. Peace out. See you later. Stay cool. Bye.